G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. My parents came back from India and they actually ended up in New Zealand. So I went across there and visited them and I ended up working as a barman in a pub in Ohalpo. And again, a godless life. And I remember mum and dad telling me later, but they came visiting me when I was at the pub. And after that, they drove up the road and in tears, they wept and prayed that God would turn my life around. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Keith Glasgow is the author of the book Exit, Turning from Following Christ. He wrote the book because of his concern for the number of people he knows who have turned away from following Jesus. Also, he can relate a bit because in his younger years, he walked away from following the Lord for a while himself. Today, we'll hear Keith's life journey and how the Lord has been working in his life and has given him a heart for those considering exiting their faith. Keith Glasgow is chatting with Eric Scadabo in our Melbourne studios. Keith Glasgow, welcome to the program. Thank you, Eric. Great to be here. Glad to have you with us. And so you have a long life journey doing many things, as we'll hear today. But recently, you have a heart for those who are considering exiting their faith. Is that right? That is correct, yes. Um, been involved in many people's lives over the years and and seen different ones turning away. And, and it's really come to a point recently when it motivated me to write a book about it. Okay, well, we'll get to that toward the yeah. end of our conversation. But first, sure. let's find out where did it all begin? Where were you born and raised? I was born in England, believe it or not. I say that because my parents are Australian right back to the uh, Third Fleet that came out in the late 1700s. Oh, wow. Yeah. You can trace it that far back? Yeah. Okay. Uh, one branch of our family. Uh-huh. Um, so why were my, they in England? Oh, th- my father always moved around, did things everywhere, and he went to England for a few years and, and came back, and I was born there, yeah. So. Oh, okay, just a little... Yeah. <laughs> so you, you have no British uh, memories or anything? No. Uh, my first memories are in Queensland, Bow Desert, uh, where they settled for a bit. Anyway, my, my parents were very committed to Christ all through their lives and very involved in mission. And um, I was brought up, obviously, with a, a very strong input of the Bible and of going to church and so on, so that my faith, um, well, it came to a point in, I think it was about eight years of age, mm-hmm. And uh, I was sitting in Anala Gospel Chapel in Queensland in Brisbane, mm-hmm. and Ed Bentley, who has since moved down, the late Ed Bentley, was preaching on the second coming of Christ. And uh, uh, I was really taken by it that, that the Lord would return and maybe I would be left behind because I wasn't sure that I'd mm. put my faith in Christ. So yeah. I woke up in the middle of the night just after that uh, that preaching, uh, probably the next, that very night maybe, I don't know. It was very soon after. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I thought, oh, everything's quiet. 
I wonder if mum and dad and the family have gone and I've been oh. left behind. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I got out of my bed and I walked up the passageway to mum and dad's room and outside the door I could hear dad snoring. So <laughs> I knew that the Lord had come. <laughs> but the next day I was sitting on the swing down underneath the house and I said to mum, she was down there, I said, mum, I want to know, I want to ask Jesus to be my saviour. Mm-hmm. And that's when I trusted the Lord. And yeah, I I uh, went on from there um, just as a normal kid, you know. Um, I wasn't a perfect kid by any means. In fact, I've never been. Um, but uh, we moved to Melbourne and I started attending a church there with mum and dad. And I was really motivated to be baptised. Mm-hmm. And so I was about 12 years of age then. And uh, I, it was very meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to commit my life to Christ, to following him. So a, a good Christian boy at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. As good as a well, Christian boy can be. I mean, we used to sit up. <laughs> within, and, within reason. <laughs> within reason. I, some of my mates and me, we sat up the back of the church occasionally on the gospel meetings at mm-hmm. night we used to have. And as soon as the preacher got up to preach, we'd all march out and have a fag out the back. <laughs> oh, okay. So there was a, a bit of a, a double life starting? Yeah, one foot in the church, one foot in oh, the okay. world. At that point, you know, I was beginning to move away, um, but not seriously. Mm. You know, I was mm. just as a kid would be. I remember um, as those years progressed and I began to get further away, um, we went uh, with the church group that used to go in occasionally to the CBD of Melbourne mm-hmm. and have what they used to have there as open airs on the street mm-hmm. sharing the gospel with people. So we'd go in with the team, but then we'd go off to a nightclub <laughs> oh, <laughs> while wow. they're having their meeting and then come back in time to get a ride home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so we heard in the introduction that yeah. you had a bit of a time in your life yeah. walking away from the Lord, so you're kind of alluding to that? Um, that's the beginning of it, yeah. Okay. Um, so. But also a major thing happened in your family before all that, well, that you yes. moved to India? We, Yeah, and that, that then, yes, we moved to India. My parents uh, always had missionaries in the home. They were very mission-minded. Mm-hmm. And so then one of those missionaries said, well, why don't you teach in a school for missionary kids Mm -hmm. in India? So mum and dad decided to do that, and we all went to India. And while I was there, um, I was my typical self. I was still uh, walking as a Christian in some ways, but again, I began to get further away from the Lord in, in, again, my Mm -hmm. choice of friends uh, in the school um, was... was kind of going on inside of you, how did you rationalize it? I didn't really think about it. I just wanted to enjoy life, and and I I suppose I didn't want the restrictions um, mm. that I perceived mm-hmm. um, were not good, but they were, of course. Um, at one point, I actually ran away from home. Oh. Um, my parents... Was this in India? In India, mm-hmm. yeah. My parents, uh, we lived on the actual campus, and my parents um, were very involved in the school. And so I, I thought, no, I, I want out of here. I want to go to Bangalore. That mm-hmm. was the place to go, apparently. And so I sold my Australian bike that I'd, we'd taken over. What age were you about at this point? Oh, I was 15. Okay. Yeah. 15 wanted to go away from home. Yeah, 16 maybe, something okay. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 16 perhaps. But anyway, we... 
I I sold the bike because I got good money for it because it was an Australian bike in India yeah. and they yeah. they paid for it and I went down to the uh, stayed overnight in a hotel motel room <laughs> and then got the train the next day to go to Bangalore. Uh, was going you to were get serious? It. Yeah, I was serious, and I uh, was going to get on the train, and, and lo and behold, my father and the principal of the school rocked up and <laughs> stopped me and brought me back, and we talked and sorted it out. And now was this yeah. <laughs> because of some argument or some troubles at no, home? No, I just wanted to. I was just I was a rebel a, a lot in my oh, okay as a kid. I um, it was just me. I was wanted not, something different. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, then then my father and mother stayed in India and they sent me back with my older sister to Melbourne um, to start working. And uh, that's when I really walked away from the Lord. I was attending a church for a little bit and I then I just decided, no, nah, I moved to another place uh, for my job uh, down near St Kilda and we just I just uh, took a um, a pathway away from God mm-hmm. completely and so, now yeah. some missionary kids or yeah. just some pastors kids or just Christian kids yeah have kind of an epiphany where they say you know the faith I had as a child was really my parents faith and then when they get away from their parents they realize I was just living my parents' faith, but now I have to kind of figure out for myself, is this my faith or was it just theirs? Is that kind of what you were going through? No. Okay. <laughs> just thought I'd ask. <laughs> yeah. No, but I can I can relate to that and okay. I can understand that. Yeah. But for me, I never lost my faith and I, I, was I right? knew what I was doing was wrong and I knew that one day I would have to come back to the Lord. Oh, so you had <laughs> oh, that all yeah, in mind. Oh, yeah, but I just wanted to live my life the way I wanted to live my life and and at that period of my life, was it a tug of war in your not mind? Not really. No, I, I just uh, you are so uh, unusual. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife tells me that all the time. Okay. <laughs> but seriously, I I uh, I think I just wanted to do my thing, mm-hmm. and um, the rebel at heart was okay. there, and, all right. and so that's what I did. So at that point, that was yeah. the height of your rebelness. Yes. Late teens, sense, early 20s? Uh, yeah. Then my parents came back from India and they actually ended up in, in New Zealand. So mm-hmm. I went across to New Zealand. They convinced me. to, And so I went across there and visited them. And I ended up working as a barman in a pub in Ohalpo, just south of Hamilton. In Not your typical young Christian <laughs> occupation. Yeah. And again, a godless life. And I remember mum and dad telling me later, but they came visiting me when I was at the pub. And after that, they drove up the road and in tears, they wept and prayed to God that God would turn my life around. Mm, Uh, They told me that afterwards. I had no idea at the time. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scatterbo is chatting with Keith Glasgow, who's the author of the book Exit, Turning from Following Christ, which he wrote because of his concern for the number of people he knows who have turned away from following Jesus. As we're hearing in Keith's younger years, he also had a time when he walked away from following the Lord for a while himself. Next, we'll hear how Keith eventually returns to God and 
develops a heart for those considering exiting their faith. All that and more is coming up when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Our guest today is Keith Glasgow, who's sharing his life journey. As we heard before the break, Keith had been drifting further and further away from the Lord. Next, we'll hear how the Lord gets a hold of his heart and he starts going in the other direction. It wasn't long after that that I left the pub and went back up to Auckland where they were living. Mm. And my younger sisters uh, went to the youth group in the church there and the youth group had a an evening, Sunday evening coffee bar outreach mm-hmm. called Drift In. And so they said, come along. So I went along and it was mm-hmm. cool. It was really good music and really laid back. And so I kept going and it wasn't long, uh, probably a number of weeks only, mm-hmm. that God really worked in my life and I, I ended up giving my life back to the Lord completely. Through that outreach? Through that outreach, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was something about the way they did it or well yeah, obviously the, the Holy Spirit was working in your heart. Yeah, but but that was the catalyst, it was mm-hmm. the means yeah. whereby I was able to actually do what I knew I had to do sometime yeah. anyway, and that is give my life back to the Lord. Yeah. So you were lukewarm for a period. Yeah. Luke lukewarm. <laughs> Luke lukewarm, which we know the Lord does not like. <laughs> yeah. And then you went from that extreme yeah. to being on fire. Absolutely. What happened? Well, and why did you get so on fire? Uh, oh, well, once I'd given my life to the Lord, I don't know, the Spirit of God, I think, must have been the Spirit of God because I suddenly had a passion for mission and for mm-hmm. outreach and for sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. And uh, that translated into a whole life of ministry that followed that later, of course. But at that time, it started there. Mm-hmm. But immediately there were some challenges. And I look back now and see the the evil one's finger and hand in all that because mm-hmm. – um, Yeah, he doesn't like people being full on for the no, Lord. No, he doesn't. And mm-hmm. and so the the first thing was I'd, I'd met Marg, my wife, mm-hmm. my, who became my wife. Um, for over 50 years now. Yeah, over 50 years yes. now. That's right, yeah. yeah. But back then um, I met her at a party for a dead cat. What? <laughs> My, well, one of the guys in the youth group, any excuse for a party, his cat died. And so he said, let's have a party. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Not a wake or no, 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 a no, funeral just, or just, nothing? No, nah, just he was. Okay. All right. That's he, the first he, I've ever heard fun. of a party for a cat that died. <laughs> and I looked across the room. There was Mark and I fell in love just like that, you know. And we started At a party going, for a cat that died. Yeah. Well, I fell in love. <laughs> I mean, I was very attracted to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she sort of came along with me a little bit when I tried to take her out for for a special date or something. Uh, and eventually she said yes and we began to go out, but then she dumped me. Is that right? Yeah, briefly I found out, but at the time it was very Until real. Until she came to her senses. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, she doing that, 
really, it impacted me because she's the first girl I'd ever really loved, really been yeah. passionate for. Yeah. And um, I almost threw away my, not my faith, but I almost walked away again. Is that right? I actually had $5 on me. <laughs> I went and bought as many beers as I could for that. <laughs> and then I hitchhiked on the highway out of town and I got as far as the Bombay Hills, which is just south of, of Auckland, and uh, I realised I'm an idiot. I shouldn't <laughs> do this. I go back and I can't do it. So I went back. What were you planning on doing? I don't know. I just was so so upset that she just wanted me. to go away. Yeah. But anyway, she. No, well, uh, well, why? Why did she dump you? I don't know. I must ask her that now. Fifty I mean, years I, you haven't asked her. <laughs> I probably at the time I would have known, but I think she was just. Um, I think if I remember right, she was. Concerned that I wasn't um, her match. I don't know. Okay. So, so for some reason. I must ask her when I get home yeah, yeah. today. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> anyway, so she, yeah, she, um, shortly after that, she came back and we joined. And it wasn't long before we were married. So, yeah. But you think that was impactful for you? Impactful. Oh, yes. Because Major. what that yeah. caused you to really think about everything? What you're doing? Well, it it made me realize that I could so easily walk away again and and live a godless life, but I didn't want that. Mm. So I think God, in His wonderful grace, uh, turned me around and and made me aware of what I was doing, and mm-hmm. I I came back. But then in those early months and years of of my Christian commitment to, uh, I I had other challenges. One was that I. I had this question, why does God allow suffering? Mm. It was an intellectual thing, but it was really something that I wrestled with. So I've mentioned in the book, actually. um, Yeah, I was going to say, among the common reasons why people walk away from their faith, that's got to be right in the top five or maybe the top one even. Absolutely, it's very high. It's not just whether you believe in God, but... What kind of God is he? Mm. <laughs> Can you really believe that? Anyway, so I I, um, I wrestled with that and uh, I managed to come to a belief that, well, I don't understand everything, but I trust God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he is good. I believe he is loving. And I believe he has an eternal perspective on things. He looks from out of mm-hmm. Uh, how do I say it? Like he dwells in eternity and we live in time. Whether I thought this through completely back then, but I knew that that had an effect on my thinking. But a lot of the questions weren't answered. And it's interesting that in the journey of the Christian life, you get some answers, but then you still act in faith, and then down the track mm. you, you get more answers and more answers so so that you are stronger in your faith, but there are also mm. answers. Um, but you don't know them all. At but there's also questions. The beginning, yeah. yeah. I heard a phrase. I wanted to bounce this off of you. Sometimes in life we don't understand what's happening. Mm. And the phrase goes, when you can't understand God's hand, Trust his heart. Heart, yeah. What do you think of that? I've heard that before. You've heard that? really good, yeah. We don't understand. There's lots of stuff happening in life. What in the world is that? Why would that happen to that good Christian person or all kinds of questions? Yeah. 
trust his heart. And another thing that challenged me in those early years was mm-hmm. there was a young guy in the church who was so motivated for Christ. He was he was into everything. He was full on mm-hmm. and um, the ideal Christian, yeah. supposedly. And I sort of looked at him with, um, well, he's the kind of model for yeah. to mm-hmm. follow, you know. And then he turned right away, hmm. walked away from not just Christian living and the church and everything, but. It seems back then it seemed like he'd turned away from the faith altogether and said, mm. No, it's not for me. So he truly exited he did, the faith. And I I couldn't believe it. Mm. To actually abandon the faith mm. was a huge thing that I wrestled with at the time. And and it's something that has stayed with me. Uh, not just stayed with me, but it's something that I've noticed and been involved in, engaged with over the years, uh, right down till mm-hmm. today. So that raised questions in your mind. Yes. What happened to him? Yeah. Why do people like him exit the faith? Yes. And hence, you're inspired to write the book that you've currently written. Yes, that's right. Which we'll get to later. Yes. <laughs> Continuing your story. Well, I, as I grew in my faith, I was involved. I was in a brethren church where people could stand up and have open worship mm-hmm. so you could share. Mm-hmm. I began sharing the Word of God in the worship services, and they got me to preach. And it was with fear and trepidation, and I felt really um, ill at ease. I, I suppose lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. I thought, do I really believe? Do I really know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about here? And so I was encouraged, and I wanted to go to Bible college. So mm-hmm. we we ended up uh, going to Bible college, and at that point you were married. At, at, yes, oh, at that oh. point we were married, and we had uh, Marg was pregnant with our first mm-hmm. daughter, mm-hmm. and so uh, we we did that. We we went to uh, a Bible college, and during that period, um, my desire to be an evangelist or to be involved in mission grew stronger and stronger. In fact, I overheard one of the lecturers speaking to the principal of the Bible college talking about me. I overheard them. Oh, really? And and, uh, the uh, principal said, uh, what do you think about Keith's involvement in Christian work in the future? And and the, uh, the lecturer said, Oh, he's an evangelist. <laughs> oh, really? And it was almost like God gave that to me as a, as a kind of uh, um, an assurance that He knew what my heart was. And yeah, and that's, now was that a surprise to you when you heard that? Not really. It just it was or rang true with a, what you knew. It was perhaps more of, of a confirmation. Okay, you know, that yep. it was in my heart. Mm-hmm. But then after Bible college. I, Nothing opened up, nothing that suited or was down that Yeah, pathway. the perfect story would go, you yeah. got your training, and yeah. then you went out yeah. to become an evangelist. Yeah. But that's not what happened. No, what I happened? ended up, um, I was uh, forced into going back to, forced in the sense that nothing else had happened, so I went back into work. So now there were opportunities, but not any that really captured your that Nothing that where I felt this is it, yeah, mm-hmm. this okay. is the right, and that both of us did either, mm-hmm. too. And so what did you end up doing? So I, I actually uh, started as a medical representative or pharmaceutical rep for a pharmaceutical Went to company. Bible school, <laughs> and this was your profession. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had no medical background. Yeah. 
And so I went to the interview and they said, well, you don't have any medical background. We normally get even dropouts from medical school that can be salespeople. Yeah. Um, but I said, well, um, give me some of your information about your drugs and, and I'll come back for my second interview. <laughs> A little bit presumptuous, but anyway. Um, I'll He's come got back. confidence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'll tell you all about them, which okay. they did. Oh, okay. They and so they, I got the job. But that job actually was perfect for me. Really? Yeah, because oh. it forced me into critical thinking, into working through uh, pharmaceuticals, what it is the, the trials that are done, mm-hmm. and uh, how you determine whether a drug is safe and effective, mm-hmm. and how you then convince the, uh, the doctors that you're speaking to that they should prescribe that drug. And it actually set me up to be more... Uh, apologetic mm-hmm. in my approach to evangelism, mm-hmm. uh, it just was a really good training ground. Plus, while wow, I was wow, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. And while I was sitting there in waiting rooms, because you were the last for the doctor to see, if you were, had yeah. an appointment with the doctor, all the patients came first. Obviously, well, I would hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so sometimes I would sit for an hour or so, or maybe two hours even, oh, in wow. a doctor's room waiting to see mm-hmm. him or her. Yeah. And at that point, um, I, I would take my study books and I would read the Bible and study and oh, okay. and use that time. I didn't have a tablet back then. I <laughs> yeah. wish I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, so it was a time of training in, in, in other ways that really equipped me better for the time when God opened the door to move out into full-time evangelism. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it helped you – See how to make a sound reasoned argument. Yes, exactly. So when you get into apologetics, which is a defense of the Christian faith, yes, you know how to make a sound reasoned argument in favor of believing in Jesus. Exactly. And and I mean, I had to convince doctors, and I was just a young, untrained, well, really, in medical areas anyway, yeah, yeah. person. So I had to convince them. So I had to really know my stuff. Yeah. 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 Mm. How long did you do that? For five years. Okay. And then God opened the door for us to move into full-time evangelism. And I was doing crusades around and especially around New Zealand where we were living. Well, that was part one of Eric Scadabo having a chat with Keith Glasgow, who's the author of the book Exit, Turning from Following Christ which he wrote because of his concern for the number of people he knows who have turned away from following Jesus. To find out more about Keith and his book, you can go to his website, keithglasgow.com. That's keithglasgow, G-L-A-S-G-O-W.com. Well, thank you for joining us for part one of Keith Glasgow's story. Until next time, when we'll hear part two, I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. During that time, I was very conscious of, of different ones who had turned away from the Lord, and it really worried me. And, and I mean, I would have parents come to me and talk about their son or their daughter who are no longer interested in the Christian faith had just walked away. So it was a growing concern. Keith Glasgow joins us once again to share more of his story and more about why he wrote the book Exit, Turning from Following Christ. 
Keith will tell us how the Lord has been working in his life and has given him a heart for those who are considering exiting their faith. That's retired pastor Keith Glasgow next time. The Story. Just another way vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 